Hey, it's Travis. I wanted to take this moment to discuss our sponsor, BetterHelp. I used to think talking to a therapist was a sign of weakness until I started talking to one. It has really helped me limit the negative chatter that can infiltrate my brain. Therapy has helped me become a more insightful person, father, and husband. That's why I'm excited to tell you about BetterHelp. Their online platform makes finding a therapist incredibly easy. Fill out a brief questionnaire and you will be matched with a therapist in just a few days. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash thank you notes, betterhelp.com forward slash thank you notes, or click the link in my show notes. In doing so, you will be helping this show and you will receive 10% off your first month. If you aren't clicking with your therapist, if you're not getting a good vibe, BetterHelp will allow you to switch your therapist at any time with no additional cost. Online therapy is a game changer for me. I have such an erratic schedule. I work nights, weekends, late, early, holidays, you name it. Being able to video call my therapist from my phone in a call room, at work, or in my car, or whatever, it's extremely convenient for me and it allows me the time and the, the place to actually get my therapy in. So if you're struggling, if you need to talk to somebody, go to betterhelp.com forward slash thank you notes and they'll get you set up with somebody. This has been my thank you note to BetterHelp for supporting this show. Have you become friendlier, less friendly? I would say about the same, but with firmer boundaries. <laughs> Hi, welcome to episode 15 of the Thank You Notes podcast. I'm Travis McVeigh, your host. My guest today is Amanda Spitzer Settle. She's a registered dietitian from Effingham, Illinois. She and I went to high school together and were voted most friendly members of the graduating class. We get into nutrition, we get into fitness, we get into the Texas OU rivalry, and then she writes a thank you note to her mentor that she met back in high school, back in Tulsa. So let's get to my discussion with Amanda Spitzer Settle, RD. There it is. All right. So you're trying to inch your way back to Tulsa. Yes. Trying to slowly, maybe but surely, get get back there. But like I said, we'll see. We'll see how things go. Where kids end up, all all those things. How old are your boys now? They are nine and almost twelve. And do they like Tulsa? What do, what do they think about? They love it there. Of course, there's a lot more to do in Tulsa than there is here in Central Illinois. And I get together with my friends when I go back home. So course my friends have kids that are their age and so they have their their group of Tulsa friends so they yeah. like to get together with them so it, they they like it they really enjoy it they always have their things that they want to do they're like oh well, when we go we got to do this this or this or eat these places because we don't have a ton of great restaurants here either so yeah they always have their their things they want to do while we're while we're visiting and Effingham is not looking good so far <laughs> on this show it's all right. I mean, it honestly, it's a great place to raise a family. They go to a Catholic, they go to a fantastic Catholic school. They like it here. They have some great friends. I have great friends. It's, it's not bad. It's just, you know, when you're used to a bigger city and your family's not here, it's just, you know, you kind of want to get back home. Yeah, I, I understand. I'm, we, I moved to Dallas initially because my parents were here and it's the reason why we're sticking around. So, oh, I didn't realize your parents were there. And well, they moved to Houston, like right after we graduated from high school. And then they moved here, I think in 2006. So they've been here. We've been here longer than we, we ever lived in Tulsa, which is 
kind of strange. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right, Amanda. This is the the show about thank you notes. So let's start off. Do you write thank you notes? I do write thank you notes. Not always consistently, but I do think that it's important. I think it's the polite thing to do. I was raised to to write thank you notes. So it's something that I've continued to do, especially in as a professional. Um, so if there's doctors that I do that's in referrals, things like that, I try to make sure to always express gratitude. Very nice. Do you have like a uh a way that you write it, like a template that you follow, or how do you go about writing them? If it's a personal thank you note, I actually have my state, my stationery <laughs> no, <that's laughs> um, awesome. or anymore on, like I said, on a professional level, a lot of times it is over email or text message, just making sure one way or another that if someone gives me a gift, if someone does something nice for me, did I do say thank you? I think it's always nice to feel appreciated. Do you make your boys write them? I do, Good for um, you. It, it, you know, they, they also have their own stationery, so <laughs> they have to write them. They don't enjoy doing it, but I think it's a good habit to get into. And I think it's something that not a lot of people do anymore, at least handwrite thank you notes, but a lot of times too, now they both have their own phones. And so either way, I just say, Hey, make sure you text so-and-so and thank them for whatever it was. So making sure that they get into that habit of always saying, thank you. Well, good. I, I, I like that. They're more rare than I thought they would be when I started asking more people about it, which surprised me because my like, as your mom made you, my mom made me. So I just mm-hmm. thought it was something that everybody did. Right. And I also feel like in our society today, people are very quick to complain or mm. call someone out for something. And I try to make sure that when someone does something nice or goes above and beyond that I let them know, or I even called my UPS driver supervisor one time. Um, he just, he went out of his way to do, to deliver a package for me almost really after his shift. And so I wanted to let his supervisor know it was around Christmas time. So I thought, you know what, they probably get a lot of complaints this time of year. So oh, yeah. I want to make sure that, that they know that they are appreciated and that those efforts don't go unnoticed. That's great. I I like that a lot. I wanted to get into nutrition and you becoming a a dietitian and all. So was that something you always knew that you wanted to do or how did you get into that world? Well, I started out as well, as you probably remember, I was a ballet dancer growing up and I was uh, pretty serious about it into high school, thinking that initially that was what I was going to pursue as a career. And so obviously to be a ballet dancer, you have to maintain a very lean physique, but also be strong enough to get through a two or three hour performance or rehearsal. And so nutrition was always very important to me because you had to have energy, but then you also had to stay Uh, very thin. So I was always very interested in what I was eating, what things were good for me, what things were not good for me, things like that. And then during our mini semester at Kasha, which um, looking back now is something so cool that I don't know that any other high school does that. I interned with a dietitian who was in private practice and I thought, oh my gosh, I could do this for a living, like tell people how to eat healthy. I was like, this is Mm -hmm. great. After that, I had a big change of heart and thought, you know what, this is really what I think I want to go into. So I was one of the lucky ones going, going into college. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. So I was in and out in four years. So it was great. Good for you. Yeah. Like looking back on the the ballet diet, do you see some things that you wish you had known, like things that you wish you could have changed about that? When I think of the ballerina diet, I just think of women eating celery and cigarettes. 
I, w- I was on that diet for a very long time. So yes, I wish I had known then what I know now about nutrition. And I think I would have had a much healthier diet <laughs> looking back. But now I have the privilege of educating dancers. So I currently work with the Tulsa Ballet. I'm their dietitian. So I get to go back, make trips home to Tulsa and work with the ballet dancers and educate them on good nutrition. And I also work with a lot of local dance studios around here. Now I get the opportunity to educate them so that they don't make the, some of the same mistakes I did. You get to be the dietitian you wish you had. When exactly. You were there. Exactly. What does the, the Amanda ballerina diet look like these days? Is it different for everybody or is it macros or get into the weeds about this? There is and there is not a one size fits all. I work with my clients on a very individualized basis and take a very holistic approach to their health. So I don't just look at what they're eating. I also look at their activity, their sleep, their stress, all of those things, Um, depending on what they're seeing me for. If it is more of a medical reason, I have a specific program for irritable bowel syndrome. So I'm looking to see what are their symptoms? What medications are they on? What is their medical history? Um, really digging in deep there. But for the most part, just as kind of a general rule of thumb, it's kind of that healthy plate method, making sure half of your plate is those good non-starchy vegetables, a quarter of your plate protein and another quarter carbohydrate. And of course, including healthy fats. That's kind of the the blanket healthy eating approach. But of course, like I said, it, it kind of depends, you know, everyone's a little bit different, has different medical issues, or some people just want to eat healthy. So what causes somebody to call you? Is it typically weight loss? Is it IBS? Or what What are the reasons that you get contacted? I would say probably about 30 to 40% of my clients right now are wanting to lose weight. I have another large percentage who either have irritable bowel syndrome or food sensitivities, any kind of gut issues. I have some that have diabetes, high cholesterol, kind of a variety of things. Um, I worked recently with a guy who had mercury toxicity. So that was an interesting one. Is it from fish or? So um, we're actually not, actually it was the mercury um, amalgams, the fillings, uh, the silver fillings. So that he got those removed and we had to go through a few rounds of chelation and it was, yeah, I've been working with him for three years. (laughs) So (laughs) finally got his CRP down and (laughs) got him a little healthier. Gee, how long, so how long did it take you to figure that out? Because that'd be like the end of my differential diagnosis. (laughs) Right. Uh, Well, when he was describing his symptoms, he actually came, he was referred to me for diverticulitis. Mm -hmm. And I started kind of deep diving into some questions. And he said that he had had a heavy metals test and that and I said, Well, I said, Do you have any fillings? He said, I have a mouthful. I said, Ah, I said, what was your last mercury level? It was through the roof. So I was like, well, that was that would be the cause of the diverticulitis yeah. and the tremors and the depression and everything else. So yeah, he's doing he's doing amazing now. Wow. What got you to start specializing in IBS? Is that just because you had so many people approaching you about it and you saw that there was a need or would something else draw you to it? Basically, yes. And it was the quality of life change that I saw in my clients, how much it affected them. I just, I I have some food sensitivity issues, but I've never had anything as severe as IBS. And to see these people my clients, I had one girl that called me crying and she said, today's the first day I've woken up and not in pain. And she said she was a runner and she said, mm-hmm. hey, I didn't have to plan my run around bathroom stops today. Wow. And just kind of really changing people's quality of life. It was just, it's been so impactful. And uh, I love watching people succeed and change their life for the better. So it was just very, it was very, it's been very fulfilling. And so I just really enjoy helping people. 
uh, on that journey. And also I have found that a lot of times it's because there's not really like one specific test for IBS. It's almost like, well, we've ruled out everything else. We've ruled out, you know, celiac or, you know, any kind of inflammatory bowel disease. So it's just kind of this like, well, it must be IBS then, but they're not given any instructions after that. It's kind of like, well, if it bothers you, don't eat it. That's what a lot of my clients have told me. That's the advice that they get. And they don't realize that there is an entire protocol out there that can really help them manage their symptoms. So people will go years being miserable and whether it's diarrhea or constipation or a mix of both, they have been miserable for years dealing with it. It just, it makes such a huge difference in their life. Yeah, when we learn about IBS in medical school, it's just diagnosis of exclusion. It's after you've ruled out everything like you said, and then you just pretty much tell people good luck. Yeah. And in terms of actual nutrition learning, we we learn very little. So I, I'm sure that frustrates you to no end that doctors know nothing about nutrition. It, it doesn't frustrate me that they don't get a lot of nutrition education. Where I get frustrated is when they don't refer to the dietitian. It's like, hey, let us do our job. Like we're here to help you. We're here to assist you if a patient has yes. a diagnosis. Um, in the hospital, it's a little bit different. Usually the surgery residents would at least practice writing the TPN orders or tube feeding orders, but ultimately they would usually defer to us, which was nice. <laughs> I guess that's probably the extent yeah, of like I've, a lot of your nutrition uh, nutrition education was, hey, you got to write some TPN orders after surgery. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much all we got. And they like glutamate. Yes. <laughs> in the ICU. That's about it. How much inpatient versus outpatient stuff are you doing now? Like what percentage of each? So right now, I'm not currently doing any any inpatient. I work two days a week for Department of Veterans Affairs. So I do primary care. It's actually home-based primary care. So I go to veterans homes and do diet education. Mm. And then I work my private practice the other three days a week. So I get a nice little Good mix of everything. Yes. <laughs> Get rid of that inpatient stuff. It's great. And I love it. And I really miss the ICU. I miss the excitement and the diversity, but I don't miss the hours and the, you know, the on-call and weekends yes. and things like that. So, And the tube feeds on the uh, spilling on the floor <laughs> and ostomies coming out and that kind of, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, I, I love that I get to spend time and really get to know my clients now. So it just really build relationships versus popping in and out of someone's hospital room when they feel like garbage. So it's a lot nicer doing it in a more slow paced environment. Now, do you go all dietitian on your kids? Are you strict with them or how do you manage nutrition, nutritional needs? Well, if they were here to answer that question, they would say that would be a hard yes. Um, and <laughs> they, my youngest made the comment one time, he goes, mom, why do you have to be a dietitian? Because <laughs> I, I definitely strongly encourage them to to eat their their good for me foods and things like that. Sometimes I think they feel like I'm a little pushy, but I keep telling them, hey, you know what? One day you will probably thank me that I made you eat your good for me foods and that you're going to be a healthy adult. So hopefully they'll appreciate yeah. it one day. I think they will. How how could they not? They're going to be they're going to grow up to be reasonably healthy because they ate a good diet. Right. What do you wish the general pop population knew about nutrition and food or fad diets or what, what's your mission statement when it comes to the general population? Yeah, there are there are so many things. I would say probably the number one thing would be that if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Quick fixes are not a good long-term solution. I feel like any more people just do these very drastic things, try these drastic diets, expecting these just 
amazing immediate results and then wonder why it doesn't work after a couple months when they get tired yeah. of it. So, <laughs> yeah. Now, is the is the opposite true if something sounds too awful to be true? Is it because I keep hearing all these things about like seed oils and high fructose corn syrup and nobody should be eating gluten? And all, so is the is the reverse of that true as well? To some degree, but I think it it depends. I think that's a big it depends statement. There are a lot of foods that can cause inflammation, like high fructose corn syrup, like gluten. Again, just trying to stay away from a lot of the processed foods and trying to eat your fresh fruits and vegetables, fresh meats, whole grains, things like that. Just kind of going back to the basics is always is always a good good direction to go. Well, uh, you and I share a common title. You and I were both voted most friendly of the yes. our high school graduating class. How did you feel when you found out the news that you had been voted most friendly? I, I, I was, I was very honored. I was, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, it does pay to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised. I thought there were people more, much more friendly than I was. I felt that you were far more deserving of the oh, time. No, I always I was. thought you were very friendly, but there again, I also felt like we had a really great class. I think we had, we had a, we had a great group of, of kids in our graduating class. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely felt you were very deserving. That's what the most friendly right. person would say. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, since we got, you graduated from high school, have you become friendlier, less friendly? I would say about the same, but with firmer boundaries. <laughs> 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 you know, you, you live and you learn, right? <laughs> that's a good, that's a great answer. I have a, I wrote you a thank you note. Oh, well, but you, you, you oh, failed yeah, to mention though, even though we were both voted most friendly that our opposing schools. Well, we'll, we'll get into Texas. Okay. That, that was the last thing I was oh, going to ask you about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever you said, it says nothing but thanks. <laughs> that is great. And it's, oh, it's fruit and it's fruit. <laughs> Because I, I thought you'd like that. Dear Amanda, 24 years ago, I was shocked to learn that I had been recognized as most friendly in our class. I was not shocked to find out that you were the other person named. I can tell from your dedication to your patients and the amount of teaching you provide free of charge on your Facebook page that your friendly flame is still burning quite hot. Thank you for doing this. And thank you for being such a nice person, Travis. Aww, that was very sweet. Thank you. You're very welcome. Yeah, getting into Texas or whatever the the Red River rivalry, I I kind of th that's kind of my post Kasha life, and that's kind of where my lack of friendliness came out because I real I don't know what happened. Like I just I think they brainwashed me, and like I just really didn't like OU, and I've I've softened it in years past. Mm -hmm. Well, what are, what are your thoughts on the rivalry? I, I think it's one of those rivalries that's going to stand firm. I don't know what's going to happen as we kind of move into the SEC potentially. It's still it was it was a fun rivalry, that's for sure. Yeah, for you guys, because when we were in college, <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> like it was just beat down after beat down for the the Longhorns. And then there was this year. <laughs> I went to that game. Oh, it, was, it was fun. I'm glad I was not at that game. What uh, What are you going to say if one of your boys wants to go to UT? Nobody looks good in orange. Nobody looks good. In <laughs> hmm. 
Even Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> oh, he, he looks good, but oh man, it's such a shame that that mm-hmm. he's such a, a diehard Longhorn fan. So um, I did tell my kids, though, I, 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 I'm trying to encourage them to explore some Oklahoma schools, Texas schools, and because they have mentioned that before, they understand the rivalry to some extent. My oldest did make a comment. He's like, well, what if I go to Texas? I said, well, I will wear white to the football games. I said, you will never catch me in orange. <laughs> so... <laughs> I said, it is a really good school. So they do have that going for them. But I said, I yeah. I will be wearing either red or white to the games. So I think uh, you have written a thank you note. Who did you write it to? I I wrote it to, I mentioned earlier that I, that I interned and then later worked for a registered dietitian in private practice. Mm-hmm. That was Cece Davis. So I know you probably remember her. Her kids went to Kesha as well. Her daughter, Connie, has now kind of taken over. I know Cece's still involved. So she's kind of always been, I know I made a comment one time early on when I was working for her, I basically said, like, when I grow up, I want to be Cece, I want to have my own private practice. And I wasn't sure some points in my career if that would ever actually happen. But, um, but here I am with a private practice. So I'm doing doing the thing and I'm so excited about it. And Mm I fortunately, unfortunately, I saw her over the summer. Um, It was not under good circumstances, but I did get a chance to chat with her and was able to tell her, you know, hey, and I did kind of briefly tell her thank you for all of your guidance, because I now have my own private practice. So she was really excited to hear that. Okay, let's let's look. Okay, so I did, you know, I have I have my stationery, but the thank you note would not fit on this small page. So I so I so I typed it out. (laughs) It It is. Well, you know, she was very influential in my life. So dear Cece. I wanted to take a moment to express my heartfelt gratitude for all of the guidance and support you provided to me over the course of our mentorship and time working together. Your wisdom, insight, and unwavering belief in my abilities have been instrumental in helping me reach my goals and achieve success. I feel incredibly fortunate to have had the opportunity to work with someone as knowledgeable and experienced as you. Your willingness to share your expertise offer constructive feedback, and challenge me to think outside the box when it came to a career in dietetics has been invaluable to my personal and professional growth. Moreover, I appreciate your generosity with your time and resources, your kindness, and your encouragement. You have been a true inspiration to me, and I cannot thank you enough for all that you have done. Please know that your impact on my life has been significant and long-lasting. I will always be grateful for the role you have played in shaping my journey and helping me become the person I am today. Sincerely, Amanda. Very nice. Is she still practicing? I think she is a little bit. I think Connie has kind of taken over uh, the practice, um, but they have expanded. They have, I believe there's four dietitians that work there now, but I think Cece still um, sees some some clients. Are she, I, know, I know she's involved in the business to some degree, but um, has kind of taken a step back and let Connie kind of take the reins. That was very nice. Uh, it's She sounds like a great mentor and sounds like somebody that puts you on the, on the right path. Oh, absolutely. Now you're doing I, it. I know. It's very exciting. Are those your degrees behind you? Uh, yes. So one of them is my diploma and the other one is actually my uh, Oklahoma state license. So I'm licensed in um, Illinois and Oklahoma. Apparently my cat's going to join us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my office assistants. <laughs> What's your cat's uh, this name? This is Kylo. I have Kylo and Vader. Yeah. So yes, awesome. I have a house full of boys. <laughs> Two-legged and four-legged. <laughs> Amanda, I think maybe your biggest claim to fame is looking like Lisa Kudrow. 
Yes. <laughs> so what's your favorite Phoebe Buffet moment or uh, line or from oh the gosh, show? There's there's so many good ones. I think you cannot, you know, you cannot forget all this, the smelly cat uh, episodes, which I, in college, I sang smelly cat in a lot of bars for some free drinks. So <laughs> it worked out well for me. <laughs> um, oh, that's awesome. But yeah, her sexy phlegm. I mean, there's just, there's so many great, great Phoebe moments. Yeah. She was, yeah. She's she's entertaining. I, I was going with uh, the running. Yes. And uh, no, my eyes, no, my eyes yes. are my favorites. Yes. The run, the running is mm-hmm. classic. You posted a, a question on your Facebook page. Let's we can answer that now. Favorite Easter candy. Oh yes, favorite Easter candy. Uh, mine are the the mini Cadbury eggs, the little bitty chocolate like sugar coated ones. I was actually going to say that. Mm-hmm. Really? It used to be the cream eggs, but now when I oh. they're, they're way too sweet. Yeah, and they're kind of disgusting now. Yeah, but it's almost yeah, like the, you the need a little insulin with those. Yeah, yeah, they, may, they really do make my teeth hurt. Yeah, yeah, but those little ones because then you can just have like a couple and you're just like good to go. They're so good. If you're if you have willpower and self control, <laughs> like you, you appear to do. <laughs> I try. I try to practice what I <laughs> preach. <laughs> All right, I think we did it. Yay! Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, it was great. Thank you so much for having me. We recorded this episode on Good Friday. That's why we're talking about Easter candy. I want to thank Amanda for coming on the show. I enjoyed the chance to catch up with her. Follow her on Instagram at become.nutrition.wise. You can also follow this show on Instagram at Thank You Notes Pod. There's a Facebook page. There's a TikTok page. There's also a voicemail uh, line that you can call and leave me a thank you note voicemail. I'd really like that if you did it. Rate and review the show wherever you're listening. Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Amazon, whatever. Thank you for tuning in and we'll talk to you next time.